Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Text Message. I'm Nate Langson. And I'm Ian Morris. Now, this is a special Mobile World Congress episode. We just wanted to go over some of the stuff from the show that neither of us actually attended, uh, but still nonetheless have felt fully formed opinions on. Uh, we're going to do this as something as a bonus episode, Ian and I decided to record this uh, just one evening in the week uh, because we want to, and we wanted to give you guys something a little bit extra so we didn't have to spend all of the weekend show coming up uh, talking about Mobile World Congress and gadgets and things you might already be well aware of by next weekend. Uh, our Patreons who are supporting us at patreon.com slash uktech will of course be getting this uh, a little earlier than uh, everyone on the on the free feed, but hopefully everybody will also enjoy it all the same um so ian let's start shall we let's talk about the yeah. um the lg g6 now this was sort of by a lot of people's standards it was the standout phone of the show um certainly in terms of the fact that samsung made no show in terms of announcing a phone <laughs> sort of at, at their show uh, and you wrote about it so what did you write I did, about i did it? i saw i got to see a little bit early um what so there's a lot there's a lot going on here uh lg uh previously had sort of gone all in on uh, having a a modular smartphone which i thought at the time was a really good idea i could see that having a real future uh because you know the idea of you can bolt extra modules in feels like a really smart idea but no one bought it so they've basically had to go all in on doing i, I mean t- t- i don't want to be uncharitable to lg but this is essentially exactly the same as the iPhone and the uh, Samsung Galaxy and you know all of those phones and even the HTCs they're they're all very similar devices in terms of the look now LG has to its credit done something a little bit different Um, and there's plenty about this phone that you'll love uh, and it's gone for a very odd uh, screen ratio Um, now I've forgotten exactly what it is but it's it's, it's almost it's 18 by 9 that's right yeah yeah. it's a little it's a little wider and it reminded me of LG, one of their very, I mean, this is going back to about 2008 or so, maybe 2009. They released a phone um, that had an aspect ratio of something ridiculous, like, you know, 25 to 9. Like, it was an <laughs> yeah. extremely long, like, ultra-wide screen that I think you and I might have gone to the launch for. So LG sort of got a history of experimenting with aspect ratios in this way. Yeah, and, and I think it's quite a good idea in some ways because I think it takes the phone into a new um, sort of holding it in your hand. It's it's long and thin, so it it, it makes sense for a normal human being because we've all got hands which are uh, you know able to access things in in a sort of certain range, and your thumb can't reach across a very wide phone. Um, having said that, it, because it's tall, it means that your thumb's got further to go up and down the length. So perhaps it's actually no easier at all. But um, but specs is, specs wise, we, we it's it's a pretty high end phone, I believe, isn't it? And it's got the new Google Assistant, uh, which is does. one of the first non Google Pixel phones to have Although, Google Assistant. 
Yeah, I think they, LG made a big deal of that, but I believe that uh, uh, Google's now announced it's coming to all Nougat phones. Is that is that does that? Ring I think a bell it's for it's you? coming to loads of them for sure. I yeah. think the LG just the timing of the LG means that this one is getting it first, even though yeah. we don't actually really know when it's going to be available or how much it's going to cost. But we're assuming, certainly by the looks of it and the specs we know of it, this is going to be sitting at the high end. This is going to be yeah. the chief rival to the Samsung S8, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Certainly, the chief rival to the to the iPhone Seven and um, and the uh, and the Sony that we're going to talk about also shortly. Um, and, and also, bear in mind, like like the Huawei as well. You know, photography is a big thing here. The P10. Um, yeah, exactly. And but I, I do want that. There's one. There's a There's two very interesting things. Uh, LG's gone really in on photography in terms of uh, features that you would normally find on pro video and stuff like that. Like the the camera's really good and has focus peaking, which I found really unusual. Um, and enables you to fi- find accurately a focus point, and it will show you on the display in a in a bright color. Um, but also Dolby Vision. It's got it's got Dolby uh, HDR built in, uh, which which makes it one of the first phones to have not only HDR, the Note 7 had it, um, but also Dolby, which is very rare. Do you want to remind Um, us briefly what what HDR is? Because that's something that's been coming to TVs as well. Yeah, exactly. High dynamic range. Uh, LG's obviously led the charge with it. And it just, it means that you can get a lot more uh, of the range into the picture. So very dark, very light. It, 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 it can all be included and you'll, you'll see a lot more detail. It also does a lot for colour. Uh, so it's, it's good. It's a good thing. It's a uh, complementary feature to 4K and HD in the sense that it's more about the the, the numbers and types and ranges of colours and, and, and shadow uh, makeup yeah. that you can get as opposed to just being purely... It's a bigger picture and there are more pixels they're better pixels in that sense and it really only requires that netflix and amazon update their mobile apps and they're good to go so it's it's ready that that was a problem in in that uh i don't believe that they ever did update their apps for the note 7 i mean obviously the note 7 didn't last very long uh so i i think that there needs to be a sort of real push towards uh those apps being updated otherwise all of this is useless now you mentioned the huawei p10 and that's the one that's got the two cameras on the back isn't it yeah and uh they did this last year but i think i from what i've seen they've improved it again and people actually seem really upbeat and excited about it yeah it's similar to the iphone 7 uh, plus in that um, for what i've seen it's got two cameras on the back and it's able to create a more realistic sense of depth in photographs um, the iphone 7 does it with a combination of having two different types of camera as well as some as well as some software tricks and huawei is doing it too and i saw a really interesting comparison between the two models the iphone 7 plus and the huawei p10 on the verge this week and it seems that while apple's um is 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 a more convincing in very good lighting conditions a convincing being closer to what you'd expect out of a, a dslr camera in terms of uh, blurred backgrounds and things uh, it seems that the huawei is much better performing in lower light so mm. it's going to be a fun one to to test a little bit in uh, you know in in well Go on. I was going to say. Well, I was going to say. I have a little bit of an issue with the iPhone in low light these days because I think, and I, I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a sensor expert, but my understanding is that perhaps uh, our Apple's move to a slightly higher resolution sensor, um, coupled with the software enhancements you find on things like the Pixel, have meant that the iPhone does look a little bit comparatively bad in low light. Um, now the Pixel is a league apart but that is only software um in fact the, the pixel has a ridiculously um 
slow lens like the uh the it's an f2.0 whereas the iphone is an f uh, 1.8 it's, uh, it's a lot so, better than they than they used to be though but it, certainly well, is, the... I, I get a lot of hassle for this because i say that camera on that pixel shouldn't be any good it, it doesn't it defies logic but it is good because it's software it's one of those things where they came out and at the time they said this is the best camera in the world hands down and that's the kind and of claim was. that's easy to to sort of disprove but <laughs> yeah. i've used the pixel for 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 a long time now and i've used it side by side with an iphone as well and the iphone i think it takes the better picture in good light but the pixel still definitely has the edge in low light um yes. anyway let's not get too distracted from mwc no. um oh, but, but i do yeah but i also and, and one thing that wasn't related to mwc do you see the oppo that has a, a, a periscope style um, optical zoom lens that's built along the phone. It's incredibly clever, but again, uh, a good year for t- photography, I think. I think for, for mobile phone photography as well, and I still believe that it won't be too long before we do have lenses that you can attach and deattach to a camera. You know, miniature versions of what you see, the Canon and Nikon guys fixing to the front of their cameras. I can see whole miniature ranges of those coming into being in some form and being a real market for accessory makers everywhere. You know, we've seen clip-on fisheye lenses, but I think it's it's going to happen before too long that we have more lens options, detachable lens options on mm. our phones. Um, let's talk a little bit about the um, the Sony XZ Premium or XZ Premium to our American friends. Um, this is a phone that, in terms of pure specs, beats all the others that we saw. Um, it has the bigger battery, marginally. Um, it has um, a very high-end screen, similar to the G6. It has an extremely fast processor. It's got great RAM, great memory. It's, mm. you know, Sony's Android experience, personally, is is, is among my favourites. I know a lot of people won't agree with that, but it's it's my favourite of, of the bunch. I think the Xperia phones are popular amongst those who own them. Like, you won't find an Xperia owner who's desperately unhappy with their device, actually. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Now, what did you think to the, the, the Sony phone? Because this Sony has a tendency to never be talked of as you know have as you know the the phone to get it's sort of one for the sony faithful but in terms of keeping pace with the with everybody else it's it's very good and it has something like a 960 frames a second (laughs) slow-mo mode which again means that photography and the camera is the differentiating factor in in these phones other than the physical design the sony's have always been a little different it's interesting. I mean, the Sony camera phones aren't ever as good as they probably should be, given that Sony makes phone or camera sensors and is a, actually an expert. Like it, Sony's little cameras are really, really good. Um, one of the things about LG that I find quite interesting, uh, they're very good at understanding what the advantages of each thing are. So, for example, you won't get an OLED in the LG phone, but o- LG is a world leader in OLED. Uh, so the reason for that is that they don't think it, think it's the right thing for that phone. So I can, I, and I, I actually, I don't know the ins and outs of the thinking of LG itself. I can only, you know like guess about it um but yeah so i i think i assume they made a a judgment call and felt that they didn't need to go for the high end and they'll probably save money doing it and lg is not exactly flush for cash no, I mean, Same. the A35 is is the top-end Snapdragon. They only announced it in, like, December or maybe November last year, I think. And it's uh, it's the one that there was some talk, I believe, that Samsung had some exclusivity on, which isn't true because it's in the Sony here. Um, yeah. so, so it's kind of, you know, if you, it, it's the cutting also, edge. 
the cutting Samsung edge. Samsung won't probably be using those processors in it, most of its uh, range anyway, because it, it, it tends to have this um, split personality where it does uh, everything except the US is an Exynos and, ev- and the US is a, a Qualcomm because they have to support uh, those CDMA networks, which uh, Qualcomm obviously basically invented. Yeah. So out of the, uh, just to sort of semi-conclude on the phone stuff, uh, we've got the Sony X7, which is Sony's flagship. You've got the LG G6, which is obviously LG's flagship. Um, and we've got the Huawei P10, which is Huawei's new flagship. Out of those three, which is the one that makes you the most excited? Hmm. That's a really good question. Thank you. I, I don't know. I kind of am excited by the LG. I don't think that I'm necessarily... I don't think... If I was going to spend my own money... I, that doesn't clear it up for me. Actually, I think I'd probably get the LG. I think. Yeah, I'd what probably get do? the I'd probably get the LG as well at this point. But that's also I've, before having used any of these three models in my. I've own got hand. to say, I've I've got the P9, and it's really good. The P9 was always a fantastic phone. But really good. I like. I th- I don't think it sells anywhere near as many as it should because it's a great phone, and it probably won't be as expensive either. And again, it's actually the same is probably true for Sony. I think that's three phones you could buy any one of them and be happy. I wanted to talk a little bit briefly about nostalgia. We'll talk about this again in a bit more detail, actually, on uh, on the, the weekend show. But there were two products that really made me feel like the revivalist uh, of the 1990s spirit was uh, in full force at Mobile World Congress. On the one hand, as everybody predicted, including ourselves, uh, the Nokia 3310 uh, was relaunched um, in a new form. And also, much less common to everybody, but probably my most... The thing I was most excited about from the whole of Mobile World Congress uh, was a a palm-top computer called the Gemini. And if anybody Uh was um, a massive nerd like I was in the 1990s, you'll remember Scion as being um, the the geek's device of choice. It had an ergonomic keyboard. You could type with two hands on it. It it folded up with a hinged screen and fit in your pocket. Um, It was a wonderful piece of technology. You could word process. You could email if you had an adapter. You could do all kinds of things on it. I had one. I adored it. And then I saw that um, a company is relaunching uh, sort of a spiritual successor to the Scion called Gemini. Um, And it was being shown off at the show. They were backing it. uh, They were launching it on Indiegogo. They reached their funding goal for it this week. And it's been designed in part by one of the original designers who worked on the original uh, Scion series. So there are lots of real tangible connections to it, except it's returned as a much more high-end device. It's got a really, uh, it's got like a 10-core MediaTek processor, 4 gig of RAM. It'll run uh, a version of Ubuntu or Linux. Um, It's got a front-facing camera for video calling. But it's also got what looks like the trademark Scion keyboard. Um, So it's a very exciting product. And uh, for our Patreons uh, on our $5 and up um, uh, level, um, I wrote uh, this week's weekly column uh, about this and about the Scion and and why I was so excited about this. So if you are backing us at that level, do uh, check that out and and give it a read uh, for for more detail. But this was something that I thought really helped underscore part of Mobile World Congress this year, which is two of the most exciting products were two that were essentially rebirths of things popular in the 1990s, and they were more exciting than any of the high-end black slabs from LG, Sony, and uh, and Huawei that we've talked about so far. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I'm, I like you, I can sort of see 
of the vestige of uh, a good idea in the Gemini. I, I I sort of feel like maybe there is a gap in the market that could, um, you know, they could fill just to give you some sort of portable device that's not a tablet, not a phone, but sort of does a bit of both. I mean, I ultimately, I, I imagine it's going to be expensive and a niche product uh, just by virtue of the fact that it's a small production, I guess. It's going to cost um, about $350 um, it's not unreasonable, or maybe, is it? But but upwards, and and I think they were the prices for the early backers, and it might be more expensive once it hits shelves. So it might be about five hundred dollars or so. So we're talking close to the price of a high end phone. Um, yeah. But one one of the versions of it does have four G and it does run Android, so it might be terrible. I'm, I'm I'm not vouching for it being any good, but I am vouching for the fact that it's very exciting and nothing exists like it currently. And yeah, so that was I, I, that got me hot under the collar. I wonder if it could be a device like that that might um, offer some hope to Windows 10. Also, I mean, did did they not say they were also going to run, there was going to be an option for Linux on it? Yeah, Linux and uh, and Android as options. So you can can switch, essentially? Yeah, well, I believe so. It's not been detailed exactly yet, but I suspect it's at least an option on purchase, yeah. But to have both running simultaneously would be a little challenging just in terms of memory and footprint. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, if, if, say, I mean, just as an example, say if you could uh, switch out you know, fast SD cards and have that as the the method through which you uh, change the OS. That would be quite a, a nice idea. And, you know, maybe Windows 10 is an option, right? It yeah. does do ARM. So, um, yeah, that could be pretty cool. We might talk about that in, in a bit more detail uh, this weekend. Um, let's uh, let's talk about a couple more products uh, before we end. We, we mentioned the 3310. Um, we did quite a big uh, conversation piece about that, uh, I think either last week or, or no, the week before. Um, so we're not going to rehash that. Um, but Nokia did release three other Android phones, and the high-end one basically looks like everything we sort of wanted from Nokia back when they were doing the Lumia phones with Microsoft, which is, you know, what looks like compelling hardware and stock Android, which uh-huh. there's a real gap in the market for that sort of a product right now. And so I, I sort of almost feel like Nokia in its new guise, run by HMD, who've licensed the brand... Uh, they might be onto something. Like I came away being quite excited about what Nokia is doing. Yeah, I, I, there's always been that home for Nokia, hasn't there? There's always been that sort of no one quite makes hardware the same. It's not. It's not just about quality because all of the big android players make high quality devices it's really about the fact there is something about nokia phones do you remember when that first nokia uh the was it the 400 the first windows phone when it came out oh goodness i remember the first one i remember was the n8 because i used to call it the nokia Mm. nate because it was the one that ran their os and then got quickly rebadged to be a lumia but was sort of renamed but it was basically the same product because i had i had both of them in my cupboard at wired at the time and you could kind of forget which one was which. Well, that first Windows phone, just when you picked it up, I mean, mine broke annoyingly, which I was really sort of disappointed by. But when you picked that phone up, you were just like, ah, yes, it's a Nokia. And there was something about those phones that is just a step beyond what a lot of other companies do. I don't know what it is. It's almost intangible. It's not just build quality. I think it's material use. It is. And the style is a big part of that. Um, But I I mean, they they launched the three and the five at the show. There's another one, the Nokia which I believe was initially released as a in Asia, um, but is now being announced as a kind of a global 
uh, iteration. And I'm quite excited about them, particularly because they're going to be quite cheap. The Nokia 6, which is, I believe, stock Android, but Nokia designed, is going to be just over 200 euros, which makes it potentially a really compelling uh, sort of upper mid-range phone for people who um, who want Android but don't really care about any of the fancy stuff that Samsung and Huawei and LG and Sony try and do on the the fringes to differentiate themselves. So we'll yeah. we'll keep our eye on that and try and get some in and do a bit of a review. It, um, I want to spend just five more minutes talking about um, MWC before we finished, and I don't think it would be fair not to mention BlackBerry, um, which <laughs> uh, it released the Key One, which is also manufactured by a, a different company than original uh, originally was. Uh, but marketed as a BlackBerry. It's got a keyboard. It's got a touch-sensitive keyboard in that you can swipe your fingers over it like you used to be able to, uh, but it runs Android rather than BlackBerry OS. Um, Ian, on a scale of 1 to 10, how uh, how many, um, how much did you care? Um, uh, one? <laughs> I, it seems unfair. I, I've never been a BlackBerry user. That's the thing. Yeah. And, but I don't also see what the purpose of this is. I mean, I get it that keyboards are really nice i would like to have a phone with a keyboard um especially these days where i don't know there's something about predictive texts just seems to be getting worse um and, and having a keyboard is nice i've i've had phones with keyboards before like the motorola that had a fold out uh the original android the g1 yeah um the yes um, the g1 the, of uh, course. palm pre the palm pre i love the palm pre such a good keyboard on that phone um and and quite a nice device actually, but they've never it's never stuck. I, I guess people don't want keyboards really. Well, to end up with, um, we did also get a tease of the Samsung Galaxy S8, which was uh, revealed to be being revealed on March the 29th, I believe. Um, but it was released unofficially by Evan Blass, uh, who regularly leaks and, and- this sort of thing. And Boy Genius Report as well also had a really comprehensive hands-on with it that they've got from somewhere with oh. some guy with the rattiest nail I've ever seen in my life on. Huh. So we'll, we'll get more details about that. But we knew that Samsung wasn't going to be showing the device off. Instead, they showed off a new tablet that looks fine uh, and a couple of other things. But I think largely because of their focus on getting testing and everything right, they're, they're yeah. announcing it to be a month later. and It'll probably be released in April, I, I, I would imagine. Yeah, um, and I think also it's worth bearing in mind that the, the S8 is probably going to be a lot about software because they're announcing they're going to do their Bixby uh you know ai thing so they're going to go against google and apple and all those other companies doing ai yeah um so this is the year of ai isn't it essentially it certainly will be well that's your uh, that's your ian and nate text message take on uh, on the gadgets of tech there's a hell of a lot more we could have covered uh, that we we didn't have time to get into in 25 minutes you know chief among them being 5g and and what the telecoms guys are doing uh, but we'll come to some of that possibly at, at the weekend if uh, if if there is a demand for it and you can let us know of course podcast at nateslangson.com Ian, it's been a pleasure thank you mate and uh, we will see everybody else in our regular show at the weekend yes Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.